Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My interview today is with Jonas Mekis. He is a legendary filmmaker. He is somebody that you, uh, if you don't know about him, you need to know about him. 94 years old, and we had this wonderful conversation in Toronto. A little noisy in the background, maybe, but I think uh, you are going to enjoy it, and we actually talk a great deal about that. So if you find it distracting, too bad. You'll find out what I mean as you get deeper into the interview. He is a... um, uh, a guy who, who who is uncomfortable with the word disruption, but who has been offering, I think, up a new language for many, many years as a filmmaker, as a poet, as a writer. We talk about a great many things. We talk about a film by Douglas Gordon at the uh, film festival, I Had Nowhere to Go, uh, subtitled Portrait of a Displaced Person. It's based on uh, Jonas's writing. We talk uh, philosophy. We talk um, about refugees. We talk about listening and about living in memories. You really need uh, to check this interview out. Jonas Mekis, the film is I Had Nowhere to Go. Uh, look for it. I'm not sure where you're going to find it, but definitely look for it. DavidPeckLive.com for more interviews. And um, stay tuned. Well, well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest. It's a real honor to be here uh, today with uh, Jonas uh, Mekas. Uh, we just had a little bit of a conversation around the pr- pronunciation of his name, which I'm going to let him pick up on that. Yes, but because... His film, I had, uh, uh, celebrating his film, I Had Nowhere to Go, uh, here at the Toronto International Film Festival. Thank you, sir, for, for really, your time today. Really, it's a film by Douglas Gordon. Yes. I'm uh, just uh, part of it. And you all, yeah, you're a big part, I'd say. he could not be with us. It's too bad, uh, yeah. So, uh, back to my name. You see, yes. where I come from, uh, Lithuania, I was known uh, was Jonas Makas. Here, because, you know, in different areas, uh, countries, different letters are pronounced differently. So in New York, uh, Jonas became Jonas, and uh, Makas became Makas or Mikas. <laughs> so the only country I discovered uh, is Japan, where they make, uh, uh, on many occasions, they uh, uh, asked me, they insisted that 
they would like to pronounce my name the way it was pronounced when I grew up, where I come from. Oh, and they, okay. ma they make special effort to pronounce my name uh, originally because they believe that, you know, the sound, your name, uh, how you grow up in your childhood, is, is, is very important to keep the same. So that, uh, that is a very unique thing for uh, Japanese culture a respect in, in for general. The, a respect for the context, for the meaning, perhaps? Uh, Meaning, you see, the, the, the sounds, pronunciation, uh, uh, the sounds uh, have, uh, uh, are very deep in your body, in your memory, and uh, how you react, how you feel when you, you feel slightly different when you, you know, I, okay, myself, when I hear that somebody, uh, uh, somebody addresses me as Jonas or Jonas, it's my, um, uh, like inside, something reacts uh, differently to the pronunciation of I, the bef name. Before the recorder was turned on, I, I uh, mentioned the word disruption. And you kind uh, of smiled yes, and you said, uh, I'm uh, not... I, I, I will mention different disruption. Just before we started this conversation, mm -hmm. there were some noises around us and you yes. know, were waiting until the noises... The right moment. At the right moment. But to me, you see, that's one of the problems with, with, the, the, with the contemporary interviews and television and all occasions that they try to change the natural light, mm. the sound, the surroundings, the environment, they try to eliminate, to, to neutralize, like to, like, uh, like to create completely something else. To me, uh, I like when it's a natural situation. If there are noises, if we uh, film, if uh, the scene is uh, filmed, uh, recorded uh, in some interview in a bar and the bar is dark, it mm -hmm. should look like it's a dark bar. <laughs> you don't light it up and make it something else. Uh, uh, so this has been one of my... Uh, uh, and today the technology allows you to go into any situation uh, 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 you know, it completely transformed the, what the documentary, docudramas, and w w how life is presented on television. Uh, we, we can, uh, the sensitivity of the recording materials and sound and image are such that you can go in the, without uh, disrupting the actual life to record the way it is. Uh, uh, in a sense, in a sense, we're, we've all become filmmakers. In a sense, or at least we have the potential to become yes, filmmakers. Yes, any child, any, uh, uh, we all have cameras now. Sometimes two cameras in our pockets. Uh, any child can can do diaristic, real life recording and exchange like, uh, uh, and, and it's being done. Do you? I'm, I'm sure you don't like labels, that would be my guess, and yet we started the interview by talking about your name. Are you a philosopher? Are you a filmmaker? I studied are you philosophy. A, a writer, a poet? I, I, I've, I've heard you referred to as a lot of things, and, and in the film yes, I had nowhere I have, to go. Uh, ten, I wear ten different hats. <laughs> Some I have dismissed already. Okay, I'm, yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, my uh, uh, life uh, circumstances of my my, between my childhood of the farming, small farming village and, uh, and New York, uh, 
<laughs> I went through so many different stages. The, you know, the war period, the post-war period, the forced labor camp, four years of displaced person camps, and then trying to, you know, dropped in New York and trying to let my roots here, and, and then, you know, somehow possessed and with cinema, but I began with poetry. It's changing languages and knowing now, like reading in many languages and not speaking any of them well. <laughs> That's part of, you know, what I went through. Uh, so that, uh, 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 okay, I was studying philosophy in the, at the University of Mainz, but then my, uh, this, when I was in Wiesbaden, when, then the, the, in the displaced person camp of Wiesbaden, then the camp was moved, we were all moved to Kassel, so, you know, you cannot, uh, uh, my studies were disrupted for some time, I, traveled like uh, between Kassel and um, Mainz and Wiesbaden, but then, you know, I had to stop, it's impossible. When you get food in Kassel and you are studying in, uh, in, in Mainz, uh, we were fed by the United Nations Refugee Organization, mm. you see. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I, the re refugees, you know, I was in the, for four years in displaced person camps. But it's not what uh, the refugees go through now, because we were fed, taken good care by, or comparatively good care by the United Nations Refugee Organization. Now, you cannot, what's happening, it's so dramatically and horribly different what's happening with the, with the refugees of today when nobody can help them and you try to help and you are, you, you, you are disrupted, you cannot even help. The theme it, of the, the, the subtitle of the film, uh, A Portrait of a Displaced Person, do you, that's obviously a reference to you and to others and to, I suppose, all of us in some way. Um, tell me about this sense of home. It comes up in the film, the sense of wanting to find, you know, putting my head at rest, I suppose. Finding finding a sense of home it's, and a relationship, and, and that that's what I took from one of the things I took from this film is this idea of trying to get back to something else. Yes, uh, yes, uh, it, it's a complicated because uh, mm. uh, if we are speaking about exiles and refugees, you see, and immigrants, it's not uh, there are those who come by their own free will. Let's say you, you are uh, Irish or Italian, and you want to be, you cannot make the family, you cannot make money at home, so you go to some other country, you are an Italian, you come to United States or to Canada, make some money, send to your family, you can go back whenever you want. But exiles of, of the political situations of the last you know, 100 years, that those who are forced out, it's something else. Once you are forced out, you always want to 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 to, to go back. You, you you it takes a long time, uh, 10, 15 years until you begin to let roots in mm. a new new place. And and uh, but then you see, uh, 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 since most of those refugees are 
Okay, one thing you know, if you are a, a lawyer, a, a, no, no, a lawyer is more complicated. Doctors, <laughs> you have some profession that that fits into you into the country in which you end up. Then you, it, it's much easier. But if you are just a simple worker or a farmer, and suddenly you end up, you are pushed out. You you have then then it's that. For, it's for those that it's most difficult. They just remember where they come from, and there is nothing. It's very difficult to, for them to adopt themselves. When mm. I came, um, okay, I left Lithuania in '44 during the war. I had to leave. Then I, I ended up in '49 uh, uh, in New York, and I discovered in the miserable part of Brooklyn, Williamsburg, they were uh, like a a community of refugees that came from Eastern Europe after the First World War. Now they were joined by the second wave after the Second World War. And some of those from the earlier generation after the First World War were still thinking and talking and mem living in memories. Still, they were, had not adopted like in Brooklyn, I met people who had not even been in Manhattan. They didn't care. They were still in Brooklyn. They created their own community, their own restaurants. They spoke their own. They did not <laughs> had not learned English after 20, 30, 40 years. You see, that's how difficult some of them is. Now, me, uh, uh, I was never... Uh, Okay, I was home. I'm very, very involved in, in my village, in, in, in the nature of my village. But then my mind, my head uh, uh, was always in poetry and somewhere else. I was always somewhere else. So to me, it was very, it was like, uh, 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 I went through like those rockets that are being sent into space, those boosters that, you know, you know, from one stage and they boost you to the next stage. And that's how I went, like in each changed situation. I did not feel like I'm, I'm a refugee that I really lost now everything, I'm nowhere. I was always like in a new situation. It was always exciting. I used it to grow, to propel myself into something else. Mm. So I'm mm. not a usual case. <laughs> not the usual do you think we're exile. All, do you do you think we're all as humans trying to find uh, a better sense of home? Uh, uh, not a, a warmer not, sense of not, inclusion. Not every, I think that from what I met, there the thousands of refugees, exiles among which I lived. Okay, like the the Wiesbaden after the war, the the camp Wiesbaden displaced person camp had like five six thousand people. Then in Kassel, when I was moved again, uh, you know, three, four, five thousand people. And so I, I, I knew, and you know, how, uh, how they felt. I had a very good, I was in the middle of them. And, and they were just thinking about, when are we going to go home? Uh, they were not uh, 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 only some exceptional among them were trying to already knew uh, uh, project themselves into some 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 other this future
uh, uh, majority majority is not trying to they just live uh, and accept the situation and try to do to survive and uh, as best as they can 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 we talk about disruption again uh, uh, this idea as an artist as a as a poet as somebody who's trying I'm not to trying to disrupt said I'm trying to just do uh, 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 what I feel uh, uh, what drives me to, to that uh, to, to, to do mm. that moment okay uh, 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 like uh, I was arrested for screening some films in New York in '64. Right. Yes, obscenity uh, charges, I believe. Obscenity yes. Char yes. charges. Yes. But I was not trying to disrupt the 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 the, the, the system of uh, what was allowed or not allowed. But I just felt that this is something that I like. These are great films. I want to. Uh, when I see something that I like that is exciting to me, I want to share with others. Mm. So it's very simple and straight necessity. It's necessity. That's why I wrote for The Village Voice. That's why I started writing, because nobody else was writing about those films that to me seemed to be exciting. Or I, That's why I started Film Culture magazine, because there was no, no other magazine uh, devoted to film. To, to like a forum of, dis of discussion and I wanted when I see those films and I like I want to you know to, to talk to others to exchange to argue uh, and the same like with build, the cinematic and that's why I have to show those films uh, they will arrest me or not and you know I just have to show them you know it's very very nor normal uh, I, I don't and not thinking about disrupting or, or, or they, they mistakenly sometimes, sometimes they said, oh, but you are against Hollywood, you want to disrupt the system. No, I'm on, only for other forms of cinema, because cinema to me is a big tree with many different branches. If I'm concerned with more poetic forms, poetic forms of that tree, so I want to concentrate on it and, 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 uh, uh, and see that they are, uh, they survive and they bloom and they develop, and ignoring I was ignoring Hollywood, though you know I for some time you know I wrote I had to write and see them, uh, but uh, and and since the uh, system of dissemination was such at that time that they looked at our films at the non-narrative part of cinema as, oh, it's not important, it's not, uh, it's amateurish, it's, uh, it's not important. Then we had to create, we had to bypass those dissemination organizations, distributors, and create our own. Create your own. So we bypassed Hollywood. We and created our own system of dissemination the, 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 through the uh, uh, around ven venues to universities, colleges, art organizations, etc. So it was not disrupting, but creating a new venue, uh, doing uh, something that nobody else was are you, doing. Are, are you conscious? Creating something new. Creating something new. Um, 
would you say a new language? A new uh, developing, language? Uh, the, the, that language began maybe thousands of years ago. Yes. Uh, the, the shadow plays, etc. But hmm. it's like uh, developing further. And the, 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 like, okay, the cinema from Lumiere, the little scenes from real life, then all the narrative forms and those narrative telling stories in developed as seen within like 100 years, different genres, there is a musical, there is a Western film, noir, uh, 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 it grew and developed, and it's still developing. And the new technologies uh, of now digital technologies help to develop further the, the diaristic cinema, cinema as a, as a letter, as a haiku, as a post postcard, yeah, all the forms that we have now on internet, it's still enlarging, it's still growing, it's still proliferating uh, and, and helping uh, for us to express those parts of us that uh, could not be expressed through certain narrative forms of cinema or by means of certain technologies. What do you, what uh, one do you... thing you do with the typewriter, another thing you do with the pencil. One thing is a letter, another thing is a postcard. Uh, so it's a different form of, in a letter you still have to be, you still try to be very logical and mm. sentences are clear. In a postcard you jump, you, you and, and now if sentences. you have on the, uh, now we have forms on in internet that so many letters or so many letters, you know, these are different exciting possibilities, forms that uh, uh, bring out completely something else. Is there an, um, a problem for you with, I don't know if you know the writing of Jean Baudrillard, uh, the I, French I, I, philosopher. The, I, 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 he wrote a book yeah. called Simulations. And, yes, and he yes. talks about this idea of hyper-reality and how you, know, you say that you were, you were ignoring Hollywood, you were bypassing Hollywood. Is there a sense in which you're trying to be, as a poet, as a writer, as a thinker, as a filmmaker, more authentic? and not making this Everything hyper is uh, 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 authentic <laughs> mm. uh, in, in, its, uh, in its own way. Everything is, uh, is uh, okay, it's a Hollywood movie is, uh, is uh, they have a fake sometimes right. interpretation, they present reality in a distorted, some fake way. But it's up to you how you read it. You should be able to see, read a Hollywood movie and see. It's like, okay, those documentary filmmakers that in the 40s they used to go to, to some distant places where nobody has been. And they bring those documentaries uh, of how the people, you know, those primitive people live. And now you look at those films and you see how fake that they, they, you can read the filmmaker, mm. what the filmmaker, where the filmmaker comes from and what his thinking is about those people there. We don't, you don't, uh, uh, so you learn by seeing a, that bad Hollywood movie you can read a lot about the society of that period, uh, 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 and sometimes more than from from uh, 
From Citizen Kane, let's say. <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, from Citizen Kane, you know more about Thorson Wells than about the society. From a bad movie, you know more about the society than the filmmaker. Interesting. So it's uh, more complicated. It seems like, it seems like um, as a... I got the sense as I watched the film, I had nowhere to go, that, and as I listened to you read your poetry, your writing, I had this uh, sense... That's where you see this film. I mean, what I wrote at that time in my diaries was very real, very mm. real to me, and it was real. And then when I was reading it, because Douglas Gordon asked you know, to provide me audio version of the book, which I did which he then used to, to, to make the film. So when I was reading, again, the reality came, I remember it, and uh, was there. So, and his memory of the book, that when he originally read the book and decided to make the film, uh, uh, when he went to the, my audio, he chose those parts which he remembered that sort of remained in his memory from that first reading when ah, he okay. read like 10 years ago. Okay. So, and there is, and your memory, the mem way memory works, it doesn't work chronologically, keep jumping. The same is in this film, those memories, excerpts, there is no chronological order, but what comes to your memory. So it's all very real, the material, the light, the project, everything uh, to, rec to recreate some other images besides the voice to put something else. I mean, it would, you, would you would begin to fake reality. Mm. You cannot recreate that period. You, you have to be Cecile de, de, de Mille. You have to, you know, it would be a, a, a faking the reality. Here it's real. It's real. All the memories of what it means to be a, a, a refugee a displaced person is there, and with no other. Uh, okay, there is also Douglas Gordon. Yes. Uh, his uh, the way he read and what he saw. It's not exactly a hundred percent that I would see. Uh, you see, so and some of the images that are included in the film. So that's that's Douglas, and uh, but that's you know uh, his film. I I, uh, I heard you on video somewhere say to to young filmmakers don't 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 go to film school don't don't the direct quote I think is Jonas don't take anybody's advice is that about just about personal freedom yes, is that but, about artistic uh, freedom uh, about being a the poet? beginning at the beginning yes but if you begin to if you really want to make films then you get the camera and start to, to start make making it. films and th it's then that you will discover what you really want to make. Maybe you will discover that, oh, but uh, it is not enough. I have, want to tell the story, and I have to know more about lights, and I need that and that. Then you go and study that, what's needed for you, for what you want to make. If you really want to uh, recreate some historical or some situation where you need, uh, uh, you know, many other people and work with actors and, and the sets and situation, of course, you have to to involve uh, uh, other people uh, 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 and, and study. But at the beginning, I think 
And that, no film school will give you that. No, no, no film, uh, uh, what, what you can learn by yourself trying to do it. So it's almost in a sense, start exploring, start discovering, and then if there's a technical aspect that you need, that's you, when it's time to go to school. Yes, to study that area that you really, what you really need. If you want to know about lenses, you study lenses. Right. If you want right. to know about the lighting, but you also know that if I'm making something, some bigger spectacular thing, I will need somebody who knows lights. Right. You, you don't have to. You right. Don't have to. So know are you lights. saying to are you saying to the student then get Especially out there and express yourself? Are you saying get out there and discover and yes, and, get and, and discover and, cre and create. Uh, uh, what, uh, I hate those terms. <laughs> oh, you hate uh, those terms, yes. Yes, discovery, creation, uh, I mean, creation, self-expression, I hate those terms, and uh, there are a big problem there. <laughs> but uh, just begin, uh, see if you can discover what you are all about, what you really want to do. S discover what you were really all about. What you want to do. What kind of film you want to make. I, uh, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been chatting with you, and I, I am oh. sad that our conversation has to come to an end. It's, uh, it, it's, it seems a little it's unfair a to me. Every meeting it's every, is a, a fragment of life. It is indeed a fragment, uh, yes. So welcome. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, Jonas uh, Mekas here, uh, Douglas Gordon's film, um, I Had Nowhere to Go, A Portrait of a Displaced Person. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, we hope you will have a chance, those who are hearing this, uh, to see the film in some situation. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.